When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the official Wildcat Podcast, presented by Briggs Auto Group and Kansas Land Tire. Now, with almost 50 combined years on the K-State Sports Network, here are your hosts, Wyatt Thompson and Stan Weber. Hi, everybody, and happy holidays. Welcome to the Wildcat Weekly Podcast, presented as always by BriggsAuto.com. And by Kansas Land Tire. I'm voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joined by longtime football and basketball color analyst Stan Weber. That will be our topics on today's program, football and basketball. And Stan, we'll start with football. The Wildcats going bowling for a 22nd time in school history. And Chris Kleiman goes to the Liberty Bowl in year number one after a terrific 8-4 and four regular season and they'll face the navy midshipmen should be a very very fun matchup i know i'm looking forward to it i'm sure you are too yeah i'm so excited about talking uh football and knowing there's a game left after missing a bowl game last year uh that was a big hole in the schedule i'm glad we're going to a bowl game for the ninth time in 10 years especially when you factor in wyatt that before the season started k-state was picked ninth in the conference by the coaches and knew they had a coaching change to work over uh, you know, the odds were not with K-State, and yet they went out, got eight wins, beat Oklahoma, beat Mississippi State on the road, did the work that they could, beat Iowa State in the last game. It was an impressive season. Uh, very excited to talk about the next game. And Navy's a team K-State has never played before, really does a lot of things fundamentally sound, is a ranked team. Wyatt, K-State's only won bowl games against ranked teams three times in their history. The last time was 2000 against Tennessee. So this could be a feature win for K-State if they can get it done. And if K-State were to win the bowl game, it would be for the first time in K-State history that they've won three straight bowl games. So a lot to play for. Excited to see the young players improve, uh, the seniors be rewarded, and K-State football fans to be able to travel again in a big wave and take over another city and celebrate with pep rallies and everything else. So 
it's an exciting time. I'm really happy. K-State's bowling again. Wildcats went to the Memphis Bowl, the uh, Liberty Bowl, back at the end of the 2015 season. The game was actually played in uh, 2016, but um, very, very interesting matchup with Navy. And we'll talk more about Navy next week, but maybe just one thought here. The, the real challenge is their discipline, I think, and, and this is one of the absolute best running football teams in the country. So this, uh, this will be interesting for sure. Yeah, that's why they have that number one next to their rushing total. Yeah. <laughs> 361 yards rushing per game. Obviously, they pound the rock. Uh, they don't have as much balance in their offense, so that's more likely to be true, but they're very good at it, and they've got a guy in Malcolm Perry who is a quarterback who really has been able to run the football. He's like a running back and a quarterback, which is very nice to have when you're in that triple option system. It puts a lot of stress on your team. It really makes you play with unbelievable discipline. Uh, they keep wearing on you, but I think these are all things that are, are going to be hard to be successful against. Let's be real. It's going to be a hard team to beat. But it's also very good for the defensive football players to have to play with this style and this discipline. K-State's done a nice job against the pass and in the Big 12 where things are spread out a little bit more. But when you think about uh, playing Navy, everyone's going to have to be physical and they're going to have to be assignment sound. You can't count on your buddy. In the triple option, everybody has their assignment and you got to stick to it. You can't go try to tackle someone else's assignment. So I think it'll be a good learning experience. Playing against Navy will really press K-State to see are they really convicted and to be the best at what they do. Limit penalties and turnovers. Be physical. Run the football. Make plays on third down. Don't get down when things go against you. Have that perseverance, that toughness, that belief in each other because obviously these Naval Academy youngsters are going to be great at that kind of thing, right? They're going to try to play K-State football while K-State's going to try to play Navy-style football. And I think it's going to be a heck of a good lesson for the players and if they come out on top, I think K-State football will advance themselves, and this will be very usable in the future. And it's going to be great to see two classy programs together. Why you and I are lucky not everyone gets a chance to spend a lot of time at a bowl game a whole week. It's really the only time we really get to learn about other teams and the behind-the-scenes things, see their players and coaches in different settings right there with K-State's players and coaches, et cetera. And you really learn a lot about what their program stands for. And sometimes it's not very pretty to see. And it's kind of oil and water, uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Uh, you know, K-State's trying to act in a classy manner and do the right thing, and then the other team has a different attitude. We've seen that in bowl games. I think it's really good when you get to a bowl game where there's mutual respect and there's classy individuals across the board. And I think it's a good lesson for the players and all of us because you just know that Navy's going to handle themselves very well in every event, and you know K-State's going to handle themselves flawlessly at every event. And it just makes you feel good about the youth of America when we see that and when you respect your opponent and you want to compete with them on the field but respect them off of it. It just brings a great feeling. You know why. We've been to bowl games where you have that and it's extra special and other times you don't. I know if you just turn on your radio and listen to the game on December 31st, you may not care about all of that because you're not there every day. But I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It puts a lot uh, together for the brand. When people think about K-State, the media, people in Memphis – so forth. They hear about how your team acts and how things work. And to have a classy week, a very classy week, is going to put K-State in, in a very nice light. I can't wait to see Navy and K-State football players and coaches interacting with each other and then competing on December 31st. Wildcats will leave for Memphis on December 26th, the day after Christmas, and we so look forward to the game. We'll break it down a lot more in detail 
next week. All right, let's uh, change gears here a little bit and talk about Kansas State basketball. The Wildcats played a midweek game at home, and they really had uh, things go their way for the first time (laughs) for a long period of time this season in playing Alabama State on Wednesday night out of the gate with like a 23-5 run to start the game, made 12 threes in the game. Everybody was on board. It was quite a night. It was something that I think Bruce Weber's young team certainly needed. Yeah, because K-State basketball this year has had three losses, and each of them have been painful, and opportunities in each of those to win for K-State if they wouldn't have made some mistakes, or maybe if they would have hit their free throws and made a clutch play at the end. You know, all those things were available, and you're sitting there with three losses. But even in the games that you won, at the, the game at UNLV and others, K-State started slow and had moments of five or ten minutes where he just didn't play to a high level and then would have to make up for it and show some toughness and come back. This is the first time that when the ball went up, uh, the K-State basketball team played at a high level. The passing was excellent, the ball movement, and the shooting. You know, is the shooting part of the good ball movement and confidence and and uh, the fact that I thought that they were locked in as much as they were? I don't know about that. Shooting's a question that's a little harder to answer. But the other parts of defense, rebounding, great passing those were all things that they can control and i hoped i hoped wyatt that this good concentration instead of a look ahead to mississippi state when you played marquette last week and and marcus howard the leading scorer in the country at home at a game that's very exciting the fans did a great job of coming out it was awesome the throwback uniforms uh when you think about that game and then you look going basically to new york city or the new jersey side of that metroplex uh, to play Mississippi State, another good team, you could easily overlook Alabama State in midweek. Yeah. But I thought it was a great sign that they did not do that, that they were locked in. And I was hoping, back to my point, that they may learn something from Marquette because why you and I on our radio broadcast from pregame all the way to postgame were able to point out that watching Marquette warm up, play, uh, it was amazing how locked in they were. They were grown-ups about this thing. There was no messing around. There was purpose. They were bending their knees on defense, even though they were an offensive basketball team. They were rebounding. They were athletic. Everything they did in warm-ups had a purpose. And when you play a team that's that locked in and plays that hard and you're out on the court and battling them, you can learn from that, Wyatt. And that's K-State basketball. What Marquette did is what K-State does. And I hope that maybe that was something where the coaches talk all the time about things, but maybe the players learn something by playing against Marquette and going, that's how we play basketball right there. That's what we do, and it really looked like K-State basketball. Smart play all the way around, and then the ball went in the hoop. Uh, How about Xavier Sneed knocking down his first four three-point shots? It started the night off where a lot of people were able to make the three ball. Antonio Gordon's three of five from out there. Dejuan Gordon, three of four. But overall, how about 29 assists, Wyatt, the fourth most in K-State basketball history on 35 baskets, 52 points in the first half, 86 overall. It was really well done, and it it has to give you hope because that absolutely was the best basketball we've seen K-State play this year by far. Well, you said that so well, and and people will say, well, it was Alabama State, but it was was more than that. It was K-State doing what they needed to do and what they wanted to do from the start. And, and let's talk about the Gordon boys for just a little bit. You mentioned both Dejuan and Antonio each had 13 points. We, we've talked about these guys a lot and how hard they play and how hard they compete, but you're, you're starting to see a little bit more out of each guy 
expanding their offensive game. And I, I really do think Dejuan is going to be a superior defender before it's all said and done. And as Antonio's skills you know, develop on the offensive side, who knows how dangerous he might look a year or, or two years down the road. Yeah, they just need to bring it, uh, Wyatt, consistently. You've seen this flashes and everything you said is so appropriate about what those guys can do right now and what they'll be able to do in the future. But I think the thing that you've got to look for is the consistency. Don't do it for five minutes and then not do it the next time you play for three minutes right. and have the ups and downs. That's what freshmen have. I mean, we've got to give them some room to to do that, Wyatt. But the fact is, K-State basketball needs them to step up. And that was one of the big things about last night, a quick start. First time this year, K-State started off quick. You know, is this something new? You hope so. But what I liked is for 35 minutes of game action, they played at a high level. Uh, they didn't the last five minutes because it was such a blowout and it became more of a Saturday morning pickup game on both sides. Uh, Alabama State and K-State just kind of let their guard down a little bit, and it got a little sloppy. But for 35 straight minutes, uh, Alabama State is not a team that gives up. They played a hard schedule, Wyatt, and they have a lot of, uh, a, a lot of qualities that are worth uh, talking about, some athleticism, but th- they don't quit. They keep playing. So it's not about them giving up and K-State wiping it out. It took K-State uh, to really – focus in on playing at a consistent level to get it done against Alabama State, and they did. And it's nice to see that concentration level, and that's what you need to have. You know, those freshmen cannot have those little blips in there where they get a little tired or, you know, get a little loose with the basketball. We didn't see that. And when you clean up things, when you look at Antonio Gordon, for instance, and and you clean up things and you say, well, he only has one turnover all night, then some good things can happen. Five of seven from the field eight defensive rebounds, just solid play. He needs to be a little bigger and stronger. That'll happen over time. You know, he'll be better next year and the year after, but he's got to get used to being tough. When you grab the ball on the inside, expect people to push you around and grab it and knock it out of your hands. And it looks like he's more prepared for that. And then you talked about uh, Dejuan Gordon. He's five of eight from the field. Wyatt looked athletic, flying to the basket like you know he can, but he finished. He didn't miss those shots. Yep. Hit the three-pointers. That's nice. But he also was out there playing very good defense in the right spot, uh, doing what he needed to do. So I, I like I think the consistency, the good moments we've seen from those two guys are obviously good enough to win a lot of basketball games, even this year, right now. But you've got to be more consistent in that performance. And that's the thing I liked about the whole team last night. And those two guys came along for the ride. They, they like the rest of the team, played basketball for a long time. And I think that this week, I think something might have clicked in, and you don't want to get overly excited and act like, you know, K-State's a bunch of killers right now and going to win the national championship. But, Wyatt, I think something happened big this week, and here's what happened. K-State and Texas Tech, who last year tied for the Big 12 championship, went out and looked different. And I think Texas Tech helped K-State out a lot because they had lost three straight games in a row. They had three losses like K-State. They were nothing like the team that went to the national championship game last year, right? But what did they do on national TV in Madison Square Garden against number one and undefeated Louisville? Controlled the game, stuffed them on defense. Louisville hardly scored, and they win by double digits. Yep. Texas Tech won by double digits. And you know what the coach said? Hey, guys, just believe. We got a style of playing. It works. It's about defense and toughness. Let's believe in ourselves. Let's don't be intimidated by anyone, and let's just try to get better because we're going to be better in a month or two than we are now. Guess what? They beat Louisville. I think that resonated with the players at K-State. 
these players are the same ones, like Texas Tech, going through the same things. And a lot of stars left off last year's Big 12 championship-level teams, but there's also a lot of DNA about knowing how to win and players who were there. And I think Texas Tech's performance against Louisville and K-State's experience with Marquette, you mix those two together, I saw something different. And sometimes a coach can talk all the time, and Bruce Weber's saying the right the things his staff is, but to see it, when, when you turned on that TV the other night, White, and saw Texas Tech beating Louisville like that, and knowing that they've been struggling, you go, wow, that's Texas Tech basketball. It's still there. It didn't graduate. And I think we might be able to say the same thing about K-State. Uh, I think they helped each other this week of saying, we're not, we're not going away. We have a, st- a system, a style, a belief. We play defense, and we're going to get better. So you might want to write us off and not talk about us like you do Kansas and Baylor in the national rankings. That's fine, but we're not going to be easy to beat. And I, I hope that we'll see a, a corner turn. We'll see, you know, on Saturday, how will K-State play in a neutral site game against Mississippi State? A lot at stake, Wyatt, because you want to show that Wednesday really was something new, and you need to prove that on the East Coast on Saturday. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but a quick reminder, the Wildcat Weekly Podcast presented by BriggsAuto.com. Where they never match prices, they always beat them. BriggsAuto.com, longtime partner of K-State Athletics. And from the freeway to the field and everywhere in between, Wildcat fans trust the friendly folks at Kansas Land Tire and Service for all their tire and auto service needs. Visit thetirestore.com. That's thetirestore.com for the Kansas Land Tire near you. Well, it will be an early start, Central Time, 10.30 a.m. We'll hit the air at 9.30 on Saturday from the K-State Sports Network in Newark, New Jersey, at the Prudential Center, home of the New Jersey Devils of the NHL. So an interesting matchup there, and it's a doubleheader. Game one is Kansas State and Mississippi State. Game two is Delaware and another group of Wildcats, Villanova, the reigning Big East champions in the Never Forget Classic. This all, of course, tied into remembering 9-11, Stan, and it's really cool to be a part of this. I, I think our young basketball team is going to get – Uh, I think, a real experience on this trip. And in addition to that, they're going to see a very solid basketball team in the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Well, when we uh, talk about athletics, it's a complicated thing. And obviously, uh, these players get a lot of perks, but they also produce uh, multi-million dollar revenue streams uh, around the country playing football and men's basketball. So there's this dichotomy of how much are they student athletes and how much are they uh, producers of excellence for all of us to take in and pay for and enjoy and and all of that. And this trip here really puts a spotlight on, I believe, the best of the student athlete part of it. A great opportunity to go to the East Coast and, and near New York City for this basketball team and play on a stage like this against Mississippi State in a doubleheader with Villain over there, et cetera. That's really a cool opportunity for the players to play a high-level game at a neutral site. Okay, so that's the basketball side and a lot to be gained. But from the student-athlete side and the special part of being a student-athlete in modern times is really put in the in spotlight here more than any time I've, I've thought about. This is one of the best trips I've ever been lucky enough to be associated with. Why? We're going to go to the 9-11 Memorial. We're going to go over there and, and get a tour. And th- this is national history. It's, it's been a while since 9-11. So it's, you know, these kids that are basketball players now, that's probably a, a long time ago in their life. You and I know it's much more current than that. But to go honor that, to remember, 
to experience it, to see the memorial on the, the new built, uh, you know, lower part of Manhattan there in New York City. That is a great opportunity, Wyatt. If we were just tourists, this would be a great trip to go on. But not only are they going to do that, they're going to go get another opportunity to go back to New York City to Times Square, spend some time around there. They're going to eat at some of the nicest restaurants in New York City. Uh, all of this in a 48-hour period, missing almost no school. This is as well put together trip and cause as I can remember, Wyatt. The, the, the players are going to miss very little school, experience all this, and play a high-level basketball game. That's mixing all that's good about being a student athlete and letting these kids experience something. They're going to go play. Yes, that's, that's their job to play the game, right? No, no matter where it is, Alaska, doesn't matter, North Pole. But for them to get to experience New York City, for those that never have been there, these players are going to get a chance to do it for free with a red carpet treatment. Uh, I cannot wait to see the look on their faces and you and my face, Wyatt. I'm going to get a mirror out and look at my face. I'm so excited about this opportunity. I'm so lucky to be a part of it, this experience. And I hope K-State plays great on the basketball court. But that 48 hours is going to be a lifetime worth of experience for all of us. Yeah, well said. There's certainly something there uh, on both of those fronts and uh, really excited about uh, the chance that uh, lies ahead for Kansas State. Mississippi State, of course, is coached by Ben Howland. They are off to a 6-2 and two start. And a couple of names to remember, Reggie Perry, a 6'10", 250-pound senior from Thomasville, Georgia, and guard Tyson Carter. Those guys are both really good players. Carter, a senior with 185 career threes. So certainly a challenging game coming up on Saturday. And again, we'll hit the air at 9.30 a.m. Central Time and we'll tip just after 10.30 for the Wildcats and the Bulldogs in the Never Forget Classic. That's going to wrap up our weekly Wildcat podcast presented by BriggsAuto.com and by Kansas Land Tire. For Stan Weber, I'm Wyatt Thompson. Thanks so much for listening. Happy holidays and go Cats. This has been the official Wildcat podcast presented by Briggs Auto Group and Kansas Land Tire. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation.